It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. The Packers will be back out on the practice field today, getting ready for next week. They've spent the last few days self-scouting, evaluating tendencies, trying to go back and figure out where they can get better, where they can be a little bit more uh, disguised in what they're trying to do, and where they can take advantage of what teams think they're going to do in a given situation. We're going to have plenty of time over the course of the next week and a half to dig into all of that with Green Bay set to take on one of the teams playing this weekend. And that's what I want to talk about today in a couple different ways. I want to start here because we can do a little bit of reconnaissance ahead of time when it comes to these teams. And I don't want to dig into each team. I don't want to you know, go on a long rant and evaluation of the Seahawks and the Eagles and the Saints because those are the three teams Green Bay could play. They cannot play the Vikings under no circumstance short of the 49ers forfeiting the playoffs can they play the Vikings because the Vikings are the six. And San Francisco is going to play the lowest seed in round two. So that leaves the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Eagles. Now, I went and looked and, and odds aren't everything. Betting is not the whole deal, but I think it gives us a good indication of where the Packers are in the pecking order in the NFC. There's a lot of doubt being cast around this team. I think that comes even from Packer fans themselves. I, I hear a lot of negativity and, and I think warranted criticism of this team. I think skepticism is, is beyond fair. Now that said, ESPN's FPI, Football Power Index, They use a point-based model. They have the Saints at 7.8 points better than the average team on a neutral field. Green Bay is plus 3.6 points on a neutral field. That is the order of teams that could be playing next weekend at Lambeau Field. The Packers are ahead of Seattle, who are 2.9, and ahead of Philly, 1.7. You go to the betting market index. I use in predictable. 
and it it puts together numbers that attempts to formulate how the betting markets feel about these teams. How much better are they than their peers? And the betting markets feel very similar about all of these teams. The Packers are about, they're 3.2 points behind the Saints, according to ESPN FPI. Same deal with the betting markets. They have Green Bay three points behind the Saints. They have the Packers 0.8 points over Seattle, almost identical to what ESPN has, and actually 2.6 points ahead of the Eagles. So now we factor in home field advantage. Roughly three points in both cases, you would expect the Packers, it would either be a pick or you probably would expect, unless the Saints just absolutely roll the Vikings, and I think that's going to be a tough, hard-fought game. I would expect the Packers to be slight favorites in that game, maybe Green Bay minus one. And we talked about the impact of home field advantage in that matchup. It'd probably be, based on these numbers, minus six, six and a half, even seven, if this game is in New Orleans. It's essentially even in Green Bay. So think of how things change if Minnesota were to go to New Orleans and get a win. If we get the Minnesota Miracle 2.0, Green Bay would probably be three and a half point favorites against a team like the Seahawks. And wouldn't it be glorious for the Packers to get a Seattle playoff game at Lambeau Field as a measure of retribution against them for the 2014 NFC Championship game? And against the Eagles, it'd be Packers minus five and they would be much heavier favorites, even if Philly beats Seattle. This is indicative of the the packing order in the NFC. Where does Green Bay stand in all of this? Yes, New Orleans is a better team than Green Bay. They are they are in fact a better version of Green Bay. Their quarterback is playing better, but they are a team with a quarterback, one receiver, one running back. A very good offensive line. The difference for them is Jared Cook is playing extremely well. Remember that Green Bay wanted to bring back Jared Cook. His agent held out for more money. In the meantime, the Packers signed Martellus Bennett, and Jared Cook ends up signing in Oakland for less money than the Packers offered him initially. So let's not relitigate that part of this. And then defensively, they've got the elite pass rusher on the edge. They've got a group of pass rushers behind him, and they have an elite cornerback. Marshawn Lattimore is better than Jair Alexander. Could Jair get to that level? Absolutely. Now, I think Zadarius Smith is playing better than Cam Jordan. I think Preston Smith is better than any of the other secondary guys New Orleans has, and Kenny Clark probably better than any of those secondary guys New Orleans has as well. I actually think Green Bay's advantage there is in the front. But at the top, when we're talking about star power, New Orleans has it. I think they have the coaching advantage with Sean Payton. Green Bay is going to have to play a perfect game or something approximating it to beat a team like New Orleans. That's not to say they can't win. Of course they can. But this is the difference in opponent. So if Green Bay could get Minnesota to somehow beat New Orleans, just to to make Drew Brees' life miserable, let's say, or to create a couple turnovers, a couple big plays, and really get things going on the road, to control the clock maybe, use Dalvin Cook, run the ball a lot, and make Drew Brees be more efficient with his possessions. There is certainly a roadmap for Minnesota going into New Orleans and winning. We've seen them beat New Orleans in the playoffs, in a dome, 
all of the places where you would expect Drew Brees and the Saints to have a big advantage, and yet Minnesota pulled it off. Did it take a miracle? Of course it did. That doesn't mean it can't happen. Again, Packer fans, I think, should be very big Vikings fans because it would also mean Minnesota going to San Francisco and giving San Francisco a run for its money and potentially knocking them off. I think Minnesota is built to give that team problems. And all of a sudden, Green Bay could be looking at a situation where if they can win their divisional matchup, in either case, there's a good chance that the other team could go to San Francisco and win a game. Now, would they be the favorite? No, of course not. But we've talked about this scenario in the past. Seattle goes to Philly. They beat the Seahawks. Green Bay beats whoever they have to play. In this case, probably New Orleans. Seattle can go to San Francisco and give the 49ers hell. All of a sudden, you could be talking about an NFC championship in Green Bay. So when you're talking about the teams Green Bay wants to see, New Orleans is last on that list, to be sure. They're really good. Now, that, that, is, that seems somewhat obvious. New Orleans is the three seed. But they're a three seed who should really be a two. They're one of the two best teams in the league. We talked about it yesterday with, with Matt Williamson from Locked On NFL. Green Bay should be... Green Bay fans should feel like their team is not as good as this New Orleans team. But at Lambeau, they get a tremendous advantage. And speaking of betting lines, let's talk about MyBookie. If you want to take some of this knowledge and win a little coin, go to MyBookie, the place where you can turn all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, the NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and get into the action with MyBookie. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, so get into the action at mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Are you, aren't you tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the action. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your first deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you put $2,000 down, they'll give you an extra 1000 in free money to play with. Just go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code locked on at checkout. That's mybookie.ag, promo code locked on. At mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Now, I want to take this conversation a step further. I wrote about this for Packer Report. When you look at Green Bay at home, in seven of the eight games, Green Bay is led by double digits. Only the Lions held the Packers without a double-digit lead at Lambeau. 
They go 7-1 and one at home, and their lone loss was in a game where they did have the lead. But let's take it a step further. This home field advantage part is something we've talked about before. Against teams finishing 500 or better, the Packers held double-digit leads in six of those seven games, and the only game they didn't was against San Francisco in San Francisco and against playoff teams. They've held double-digit leads in four of their five games. Did they win all those games by double digits? No, they didn't. But the fact that they had them speaks to the capabilities of this team. Now, they're going to have to play more complete football to win in the playoffs. But the fact that they can jump out to these leads, the fact that they can play their best against good teams, I think the consternation, or at least part of it, is driven by the fact that Green Bay didn't beat the crap out of Washington. They didn't look more impressive against Denver early in the season. It took them three quarters to really get going against the Giants. They didn't blow out the Bears. They let them hang around. They let the Cowboys hang around. They let the Vikings get back into the game. And Zadarius Smith has said, look, our focus has waned a little bit at times. In the playoffs, you would expect that to happen less frequently. And their record against playoff teams is indicative of that. Green Bay has risen to the occasion this season against the good teams. The 49ers game being the obvious exception. And defensively, they were very good in that game for the first half of that game. Offensively, they struggled. And that opening drive fumble really set them back. This is a team that relies on its starts. If they start poorly, it is an uphill battle for them. And you think about the Chargers game, you think about the 49ers game, and you think about both Lions games. They get off to slow starts on the first drive, first two drives, and all of a sudden they are fighting it. They can't get into a rhythm. They they need that jumpstart play, and they just can't get it. Jimmy Graham makes the drop on the first possession, and all of a sudden you're, you're struggling. Against Washington, you have a couple chances down the field, and you miss them. You drop them, you overthrow them. In San Francisco, first possession, all you have to do is not fumble on a third down sack and you punt the ball away and let your defense get a chance. Instead, you fumble and it turns into an easy touchdown. Same thing against Philly. You've got a lead, you're taking a shot, and you've got a tight end against the defensive end. Quarterback doesn't feel the pressure. It's a fumble, it turns into a score, and the whole game turns on that moment. When Green Bay has got off to hot starts... They have been unable to sustain them, but more than that, that has been what has carried them to a win. They've been able to hold off these teams. When they played with the lead, Aaron Rodgers has been more conservative. They've made only the plays that they need to make, and they've been able to win these games. In the playoffs, you're going to have to keep your pedal to the floor. It's going to have to be truly all gas, no break. And that doesn't mean just letting Rodgers step back and sling it. It means finding balance. It means using play action. All of the philosophies we saw in that Minnesota game, in-breaking routes to Devontae Adams, deep shots to Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard, and even Devontae Adams, using your running backs well. There's so many facets. You know, this is like going to a diner. And there's so many things on the menu that could be good. And we've seen them work 
three quarters of the way, or we've seen them work all the way at times. And then you come back to that diner a different day and your French fries are soggy or the pancakes aren't as fluffy. And you're just like, what is going on? It was so good last time. What's the deal? And this is where those questions of identity come in. Does this team have something it can hang its hat on when it needs a drive, when it needs a big play? Part of their identity is anyone can do that. Anyone can make that play, but they don't have that thing. You know, we saw them go to a little bit of no huddle, but that was late in the game when they actually needed to be in no huddle. And we saw them at the end of the first half go to a little bit of no huddle, but again, they needed to be in no huddle. They needed to be going quickly. We haven't seen them just go to that in the middle of the second quarter or at the end of the third quarter. We haven't seen them use that to their advantage. Now, at the end of games, we have seen them close out games in the three-minute offense, five-minute offense, even seven-minute offense, where they say, okay, it's a one-score game and a couple first downs, ice it. I mean, they've done that half a dozen times this year. That matters, too, when we're talking about closing games because you're going you're gonna to have opportunities to do that in the playoffs if you build a lead. But any of these teams that they're going to potentially face in the second round can quick strike you. They have the ability, and we've seen it. We've seen the Eagles do it to them. I know they're down a bunch of players, but Alshon Jeffrey did not beat the Packers in that first game. It was the tight ends. It was the running backs. It's guys who can play in the playoffs, and Green Bay would see if they were to win. Packers-Eagles in the playoffs would be, I think, really fun. It's also the, the most preferable matchup because they're the worst team. And yet, they might beat Seattle because I don't think Seattle is a great team. I think they rely on their quarterback a little bit too much. I don't think they put him in advantageous positions. And there are some similarities, I think, to late career Aaron Rodgers and this Pete Carroll-Russell Wilson dynamic. Because Russell is still great. And he wasn't great the last few weeks to close the season. But Pete Carroll wasn't great either. They're down weapons. They haven't invested in those weapons, in their pass catchers. The offensive line is a mess. I think the Packers would welcome Russell Wilson to Lambeau Field in the divisional round. That would be great. Now it would require Minnesota to win. And there still is a scenario where Green Bay hosts the NFC Championship game against the Minnesota Vikings. It involves the Vikings going on the road and beating the Saints and the 49ers. But back to their, our original conversation about ESPN, FPI, and the betting markets. According to FPI and the markets, Minnesota is the third best team in the NFC. And Green Bay went 2-0 against them, for the record. But it's not that big a gap between San Francisco and New Orleans and Minnesota. And so that, that has twofold implications for us because not only does that mean that Green Bay, who has beaten Minnesota twice and, and beat the daylights out of Minnesota, especially defensively, just a few weeks ago, but it means the gap between them and these teams that they're going to have to go on the road and face is not big, and that means they are more than capable of doing it. According to ESPN FBI, the Saints are the best team in the NFC. 7.8 points better than the average team on a neutral field. We established that. San Francisco, they have 7.2. Minnesota, they have 6.4. Right there. Less than a point different from San Francisco. 
a point and a half different from New Orleans. They have the talent. They have the explosive capabilities. They have a defensive coach who can create all kinds of problems for any offense, even against offensive geniuses like Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan. They rested down the stretch. Their guys in Week 17, they rested. Dalvin Cook was resting, so he could be closer to 100% for the playoffs. That could put them in a position to beat one of these teams and turn the NFC playoff picture on its head. And it could end up being very similar to what happened in 2010 when the Bears got the bond and Green Bay just kept knocking off opponents, just kept knocking off road teams that they were supposed to lose to. And they go to Chicago and they win. Now, if you're a Packer fan, obviously you do not want the NFC Championship game to play out the same way. But it's certainly not out of the question. As Aaron Rodgers said in his press conference this week, the NFC is wide open. And with Green Bay at home, given the way that they played at home, number one, and given the way they played against playoff teams this year, against above 500 teams this year, despite the doubt, despite the incredulity about this team as a playoff contender, the Packers have a chance here. And no matter what happens this weekend, that's going to be true. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store this episode is brought to you by wise progress is great isn't it people listen to music on record players then tapes and cds And now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies. So when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at WISE.com slash podcast. All right, the only show we're going to have tomorrow is our live stream on Periscope. So no official podcast tomorrow, just the live stream, 4 Central, 5 Eastern on Periscope. We're going to take your questions. I'm going to make some picks, official picks for the Wild Card Weekend, and we'll get into everything next week. A lot, a lot, a lot to get to. Imagine where we were a year ago this time, talking about head coaching candidates and is Mike Patton going to be back and what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? All of that, so who are they going to take at the top of the draft? And all of this crazy offseason talk. And yet, here we are talking about the Packers in the divisional round of the playoffs. Don't even have to play this weekend. Don't even have to win a game for us to talk about the divisional round of the playoffs. It is remarkable. 
we get to keep talking football for at least another week and hopefully beyond. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter. Best way to see that Periscope stream is to do that. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can also just go to Periscope and follow me there. You'll see the show. You can watch it on replay. It'll be there for you. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, send in a question for our live show. You can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.